As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Today, my featured guests are Denise Daniels and Shannon Vanderwerker. And we're going to have two guests on the show today, BC Nation. And I'm going to do the best I can to navigate through all this conversation and personalities. And I want to introduce you to both these ladies because they're up to something I think is, that's very unique and very different. They're up to uh, bringing God into the workplace, bringing faith into work, integrating the two. And I know the first thing you're thinking is, Joseph, is that even possible? How do I do that? I don't know how to do that. Listen, just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean it's not possible. I've learned to do it in my own businesses. Others are doing it. These ladies are going to teach us how they're doing it, how they're teaching others to do it. So first off, a little backstory. We got Denise Daniels. She's PhD, Wheaton College uh, in organizational behavior. Uh, she's a professor of management, associate vice president for strategic initiatives at Seattle Pacific University. Bottom line, she's got more acronyms in her name than I know how to really articulate here. She also serves as a consultant providing executive coaching services and leadership development training. Active in the faith at work movement. That's what we're going to talk about today. Faith at work movement. She regularly speaks on the topics of meaningful work, Sabbath, leadership, gender, and motivation. All right. So that's Denise Daniels. So we'll have links in the show notes. You could check her out. And then we got Shannon Vanderwerker. Isn't it cool? Her name has work in it, Vander Worker, and she's all about faith and work. Come on, seriously, God knows what he's doing here. Uh, she's BA Biblical Studies, um, served in Cascade Fellows Program at Fuller Seminary, where she designed theological studies and practical exercises to help disciples explore the integration of their everyday work with their discipleship. Shannon writes on the theology of an ordinary life on her blog, shannonvanderworker.com. We'll have the link, links in the show notes there. All right, ladies, I'm out of breath on both your bios there. So <laughs> Denise and Shannon, welcome to Broken Catholic. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to start with you, Shannon. Um, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, so um, I, uh, Denise and I met um, when I was working in Seattle. Um, 
And now uh, I actually live in San Diego. So we've um, moved three years ago and I um, am a, a mom. I have three kids. Um, and that's a really fun part of my life. I'm also um, married to a pastor and um, I have a small business um, where I am a literacy advocate and help connect families with um, awesome children's books. That's so cool. Sounds fun. <laughs> Your mom, I got a baby on the way. I just got oh, married congrats. a little while ago. And congratulations. So awesome. I'm following your lead. Thank you so much. <laughs> Denise, fill in some of the gaps in your intro, would you? Sure. So when, when people ask me what I do, typically the easiest answer is I'm a professor of management. And so that's, that's the short intro, the short bio. Why didn't you just send me that in the bio? <laughs> you made me go through all that publicly. Please continue. Um, and so I've been at Seattle Pacific for uh, almost 25 years and teaching and doing scholarship and really interested in this intersection of faith and work. Um, I'm also a mom. I've got four kids who are teens and older at this point. Um, and so life is busy. And I would say that really early when I had little, little kids, I really struggled personally with how to think about my faith in the context of everything, you know, in the context of work and taking care of children and trying to be all things to all people. And what God really impressed on me in that season was my need for Sabbath. And so I actually, because I'm a good academic, started researching Sabbath and <laughs> And uh, that became kind of the entree for me into this notion of intersecting faith and work. Now, Sabbath is not it's ceasing work, but it, it was it for me became um, a helpful rhythm in terms of thinking about how I worked and how I rested and, and then what God wanted from me in the context of my work as well. And then when Shannon and I met a few years ago, it was really fun to start thinking more about the, the ideas of this integration. And so we started playing with the ideas for a book um, that we have written on this idea of faith and work and it's working in the presence of God is what the book title is. Okay. So you say there's a whole faith at work movement. I believe that BC nation may not be aware of that. How many people are we talking about? Like how big is this movement? Well, only God knows, I think would be, would be my <laughs> answer to that. And I hope it gets bigger. Um, what we've seen in the last, I don't know, probably 15 plus years is really a movement of the Holy Spirit is what I would, would characterize it as. And it's um, more and more as I'm talking to people in their workplaces, there's this desire to live integrated lives and to live a life that is not just a Sunday church Christian life on the weekend, but really is a Christian life all through the week. And what does that look like? How do you do that? when you know you're getting up early to go to work and you got kids to manage and all the things that you're coaching people on um and so that there's a number of people who are really engaged in this and a number of books that have come out over the past few years on this topic and on this integration shannon why do you think this is happening right now this movement is starting to we're starting to see an increase we're starting to see people's hearts wanting to bring god into their work into their business why do you think it's happening now I mean, I think Denise touched on it. It really is a movement of the Holy Spirit. I mean, for a long time, there's been this kind of dichotomy in the church of the sacred, sacred secular divide um, where, um, you know, you would go to church and do that thing, your religious thing on, you know, the weekend and then uh, live out your secular life. And I think um, 
at least um, for, for me, it started really as an internal thing, um, a very um, uh, ordinary everyday thing where God started taking these um, grandiose ideas that I had about what it means to be a person um, of um, integrity and Christian faith and brought it really, really down into my everyday, my ordinary. And it started for me as a movement of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and then I started talking with other people about it and it, and it was like, oh yeah, you too. Oh yeah, you too. Oh yeah, you too. And so um, I just think it's really exciting um, that we're in this space where um, I think people are, are tired of the dichotomy. Um, they're tired of not having integration in their life. And so they're seeking that out. Um, and God's, God's moving in a really powerful and exciting way in it. I think you uh, presented that really well. And I say it in a more uh, less polished, in a less polished way. I say, you know, I used to be a bipolar Christian. I would, you know, go to yeah. church on Sunday, nod my head with the pastor and everything he's saying and go, I, I, yeah, I believe that. I agree with that. Absolutely. And then on Monday I would have spiritual amnesia. And I'd go into work and it was about crush it, kill them, you know, destroy my competitors, get to the top faster, greed, power, money, pleasure, all of it. And I felt split down the middle. Yeah. And it's very exhausting uh, to work both sides, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. And I think that's why people are starting to get sick of it because it's like, this isn't how we were created to live. We were created to live integrated lives. We were created to live with, um, with God as our, uh, rudder, if you will, um, as God being the one who's kind of pointing and directing everything rather than just adding, sprinkling in God here and there. Um, when, when we are in desperation or when we felt like it, um, but I think when you, when you see God and your faith as something that is um, guiding and directing the rest of your life, that's where the integration comes in. Mm. Denise, let's go back to you for a second. I want to get personal with you. Um, let's remove this, this uh, ethereal type of concept that we're talking about faith and work. And let's just get personal because we're all human, we all struggle. Um, what was going on in your life where this message of bringing God, integrating God into your work life, into your business uh, really started to resonate? There was that movement of the Holy Spirit in your heart personally. What was going on? Who were you back then? Yeah, I would say it was about 20 some years ago, uh, 20, 21, 22 years ago. My oldest is 22. So that gives you some gauge. <laughs> and um, I was exhausted. And I was, had this full-time job. My husband worked. I had a new baby. And then 18 months later, we had a second. And um, it was just overwhelming, frankly, to try to figure out how I was going to meet all the demands of my life, how I was going to attend to my students and do my job at the university, how I was going to uh, be home enough with my children, how I was going to be an adequate spouse to my husband. And, um, and then God in the midst of all of that, how am I going to ever have time for God? Um, and so that really was the impetus for, there was this kind of notion in the back of my mind of, you know, God, one of those 10 commandments is that idea of keeping the Sabbath. I'm not doing that at all. I mean, I'm, I'm working all the time, 24 <laughs> seven. 
And what does that look like to keep the Sabbath? And so that, like I said, was really the entree for me, but it didn't stop there. And so I did, and I have been practicing Sabbath for two decades now and really trying to very intentionally set aside one day a week where I'm not working. I'm not doing my, my day job. And I have time on that day for resting, for reflecting on God in my life or relationships with other people. Um, what has that done in your life personally? Like, life? yeah, what has, what has that done? Like, oh. um, give us a before and after really, right? So you just described the person you were back then, just exhausted, right? Split down the middle. Yeah. Now, after you've been keeping the Sabbath, you've been doing this day of rest, um, bringing God into your life, into your work. Who are you now? Okay. Well, I would say that sometimes I'm still exhausted. <laughs> That's not, that, that didn't go away. But here's, here's what has changed for me. There is this notion that this is a set aside time that is, is not mine to be productive in. It's God's to allow me fallow time to be rested. And I had this real fear and still frankly do have this fear at some, sometimes that if I'm not getting work done on that day, especially if I've got a deadline hanging over my head, something's due on Monday, and it's, it's almost like chewing my nails not to get to my work, right? Mm. <laughs> on that, on my, I set aside Sunday as a, as a day of rest, as a Sabbath day. Um, and there's always been this fear of if I don't use that day to work, I'm going to fail. I'm going to, something mm. bad is going to happen. It's not going to come through. I'm not going to be as good as the next person or as good as I'd like to be. And the truth is that that has never happened. Um, even so, you, so, so you have no evidence that that fear has ever been real or ever will be real. And yet I still have that fear. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And, and so really it is this weekly, you know, giving it up to God and saying, God, I trust you. And I'm going to show this trust today by not working. And mm. um, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes mm. it's really hard. That's so powerful. BC Nation, I know you're listening right now and you're really connecting with Denise and how she was struggling and, and still struggles, right? She's human, just like the rest of us. And we're going to get into Shannon's a little bit right now. And maybe you don't know how to let go of that productivity where you feel you have to be busy, busy, busy. And I want you to know that busyness, and this is my personal belief, busyness is a weapon of the enemy to keep you distracted from God, to keep you unrested, to keep you exhausted, depleted in overwhelm so that the last thing you do is go get quiet with your heavenly father and let him speak his truth and love and peace into your heart. See, the enemy's got us in these little mouse wheels and we're running around in circles and wondering why it's not working. Shannon, speak to us about your journey and, and kind of piggyback off what we're saying here. Um, bring us back in time to you know, where did this movement in your heart happen? What was going on in your life back then? Who were you back then? Sure. So um, it's interesting, Denise, that you connect it to uh, when you became a parent, because I also connect um, my kind of the impetus for this journey to when I became um, a parent. I had uh, been trained to work in ministry and um, saw all of my friends graduating and getting jobs and um, in different ministry settings. And um, I was very pregnant with our first child and, you know, people kept asking, well, what are you going to do? And, um, and I, 
just had this a sense in my soul that I needed to take some time away from the busyness, away from the, you know, 12 to 16 hour days that I was doing. And so um, my husband and I decided that I would take some time to stay home um, with our, with our baby. And, um, and it was really during that time that God started speaking to me. I had this notion that like God was out there in these big things that you do for him and um, in these very public settings as I was, you know, trained to, to, um, to teach and preach and counsel and all of those things. And yet here I was with an infant at home and um, I was washing dishes one day and God started speaking to me that, you know, this was the modern day well that Jesus met the woman at the well and here he could meet me, you know, at this modern day well. And so um, I started really paying attention to God's movement in my really ordinary everyday work, um, the work of caring for a child. And, um, and God started kind of blowing off the uh, parameters that I had put around where he was. Um, and, um, and then, and so from that, that took me into, well, if God is in this vocation of parenting and mothering, then he's also in these other vocations that other people are doing, you know, as doctors and as teachers and as lawyers and as hairdressers and, you know, um, garbage, you know, workers and, and all of it that God um, is in the midst of the mundane and the um, seemingly boring and ordinary elements. Um, and it's often we who miss him rather than the fact that he's not there. Mm, so powerful. And, and Shannon, I want you to know I was on your website and I heard one of your little sound bites. Uh, you giving a talk about how much God loves spit. Yes. <laughs> God loves spit, you said. And uh, BC Nation, that's spit, the thing that comes out of your mouth. And, and Shannon uh, gave a talk saying God loves that. And God uses, you know, the spit. He spit, you know, on the ground and then turned it into mud and wiped it on the, the blind man's eyes and gave him sight. And her, her message, Shannon's message is God loves using the ordinary natural things. And then he makes them divine. Mm-hmm. Like he adds a drop of God into it, right? And they become divine. And this is something I used to wrestle with big time. I know BC Nation, you're wrestling with it possibly still. Um, and it's that you're not good enough to be used by God. You're not big enough to be used by God. You're not holy enough. You're not perfect enough. You're worthless. You're a piece of crap. See, I gave you both extremes because that's the self-talk that happens in between your ears, isn't it? And you just beat yourself down and let the enemy beat you down in the area of identity. That you're not God's precious son. You're not God's precious daughter. That God's not a good father. And that you're not loved. You're on your own. So what do we do? We live the lives of self-reliance. Self-reliance. And I believe it causes all the problems in our bleeping lives. We're relying on self rather than God-reliance. And Shannon, I think you just spoke to that really powerfully for each of us that are you saying, Shannon, Shannon, that we can rely on God for even the little mundane things like washing the laundry with our kids, the boring, ordinary stuff of our day or going into work and filing the papers 
we could bring God into that ordinary and God can do something extraordinary with that. What do Absolutely. you say, Sister Shannon? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, um, that's the power. And I think if we look at scripture, it's there, we just miss it. Um, that Jesus uses these really ordinary elements, you know, of bread and fish and water and, um, and, you know, blood and spit and all of these things that we're made up of and that our lives are made up of to speak about spiritual things and to speak about um, where God is at work in the world. And, um, and we gloss over it so many times because either we've heard it too many times or, um, or it's become too ordinary for us. It's like, how could God show up there? Because that's just, it's too ordinary for God to, to step into. And yet, that's what he does over and over and over again. Jesus was born into a barn. I mean, it's a very ordinary mucky place. It's dirty. You know, he met, he met, um, you know, Moses on the mountain when he was tending sheep. Like we, we think of this as like this grand, you know, thing that that's where God showed up. And yet like he was working, that was his vocation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I truly believe in, you know, this is why Denise and I wrote this book that, God shows up in board meetings and God shows up in email and, you know, in, in accounts payable and in, you know, these seemingly like boring parts of work. And it's not just in these big things that we need him to come through in, but he's there, he's speaking to us. And, um, and really these practices that we introduce in the book are ways in which we can pay attention to that. We can find, you know, where have I missed God and how do I train my mind and my heart and my body to respond to that and to pay attention to where God is already at work. Mm, so good. Denise, I'd like you to give us three practical, tactical tips, spiritual insights, spiritual strategies of how we can invite God in to our ordinary everyday lives. Sure. This is actually going to be hard because we have a, we have a book that has 11 chapters and each chapter is a different practice. And now I only get to choose three. So. <laughs> well, give me your, give me your three favorites. Give me your no, top three. Well, let, me, let, me, let me start at the very beginning. Chapter one is liturgy of commute. So most of us travel to work right? Most of us get to work one way or another, whether it's walking or biking or driving in the car or taking the train or the bus or whatever it is. And what do you do during that time? Um, I think most of us get irritated with the traffic or <laughs> think about what's ahead. And we don't use that time in a particularly productive way oftentimes. But what would it look like if during your commute, you engaged in a liturgy with God? What would it be if at a particular corner, you reminded yourself to pray for your neighbor's or to lift up to God the workday ahead, or if at a particular stop sign or a stoplight, you remembered um, to pray for your children and, and their day ahead. Um, and what if every day that practice became a pattern? And so you used that commute time as a liturgy of engaging with God. Um, that is so bleeping powerful <laughs> and practical and right in front of us, like, yeah. duh. Why don't we do that? And I love, really love that you said, hey, pick some uh, my, uh, landmarks yeah. um, mm -hmm. to remember, oh, pray for this person. They're on Johnson Street. You know, it's That's like, right. okay, on, you know, uh, whatever, 
Kensington Avenue over here. Okay, remember um, that project at work, you know, yeah. and, and surrender that to God because you've been holding on to it, you little control freak. That's right. right? And, right we're all doing it. I love yeah, that. It doesn't add any time to your day. That's the other thing. It's not like one more thing that you have to do and feel guilty about not having time for. It's brilliant you're because you, you're saying, hey, listen, the best way to create a new holy habit or good habit is to piggyback off of an existing habit. Exactly we know that. Right. There's tons of research and science behind that. I don't need all those fancy PhDs to know that. Right? <laughs> no offense, ladies, right? But I if you did awesome. have a fancy PhD. But if I did have a fancy PhD, it would have a lot of letters to it. Um, so, 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 so that's one. Do you want a couple others? I want a couple others, but I'm going to swing for a second here. Okay. Shannon, give me one of your top favorite ones. Um, so, uh, there's a practice we call workplace as holy ground. Um, and it's basically taking the space in which you work, you know, it could be an office, it could be a, a car, if you drive a lot, it could be a classroom, it could be a salon, whatever it is. So taking that workspace and, um, and consecrating it to God, setting it apart to God and recognizing that since God created work, he's the author of work and he's given us work as a gift. Since he's given us that, then the space in which we work is a space of holy ground. It's a space where we can hear from God. It's a space where we can interact with God. It's a space where we can observe what God's doing. Um, and we actually had, um, uh, a gal who did this, she worked in accounts payable. She marked off the um, threshold of her cubicle with some tape as a reminder to her that when she crossed that threshold, she was entering holy ground. Mm -hmm. And um, and one of the powerful things that she experienced was um, not only was God transforming her work and the way that she worked and her attitude about work and seeing it as holy ground, but she said, this is holy ground for, for not just me. It's holy ground for whoever steps into mm -hmm. my cubicle, whether it be my boss who's coming to bring me more work or um, an annoying coworker or, um, you know, whoever steps in, whether they know it or not, this is holy ground. And so um, for her, it started really changing um, the ways in which she interacted with coworkers and the way in which she um she experienced God in his pleasure about the mm. fact that she was paying the company's bills. Um, I love this one as well, because it's really going to impact the way we show up in our workspace. Mm. And like I'm sitting here in the chair that I sit in and do most of my podcast. I do most of my coaching client calls, right? For, with clients all over the, the United States. And I hadn't considered what you just said that when I step into this threshold or sit on this chair, this is holy ground. Why? Because I'm serving God with yeah. my work, what I'm doing. I'm bringing God, you know, God's children back to him that have forgotten or got beat up by life or whatever, right? And it's like, why would I not consecrate my workspace? So thank you for that. That's a very practical and tactical one. Um, and now we're going to come back to you, Denise. Uh, you had some time to think about your third one there. <laughs> what do you got, girl? Well, let me, let me tell you about something that I was really practicing last week, um, and it's, it's lamenting work. Um, I had a number of experiences that were challenging for me, and I won't go into the details, but there were like three things in a row that were just kind of overwhelming and, and troubling and problematic. 
And, you know, we don't do very well in our North American Christian context with lament. We, we want to be like successful and victorious and overcoming. And when that's not happening, we don't know what to do. And yet there's models in scripture for what to do. And if you look at a lot of the Psalms, those, there are Psalms of lament where the psalmist is writing about these circumstances and situations that are out of their control and where they need God to intervene and they're frustrated and they're angry <laughs> and all of those emotions God's good with. And um, so one of the practices that we have in the book is kind of rewriting a psalm for your own circumstances in this, in this time of lament and bringing what your challenges are before God and saying, God, I don't get it. I thought you wanted me here and yet this situation's not working out the way that I thought it was supposed to or the way that I envisioned that it was going to. And I'm at a loss and I need you to, to take that. I need you to, to take that from me and for me. And I need you to engage with me in this time. I need to be open to what you would have for me in this moment where it's not ideal. It's not good. Um, and I don't know how to fix it. Mm. Do you have an example, if you're feeling courageous, uh, from your own life, maybe in the past few weeks? Where well, you okay, I'll, I'll give lamenting? you one example of something that happened last week. So I, I'm involved with a, a video project right now. It's called Faith and Co. And we're um, sending um, production film crews around the world to film stories of really exceptional business practices that are run from Christian principles. So these aren't Christian businesses, but they're Christians inside of these businesses who are doing things in really inordinately remarkable ways. So we had a, have a film crew in South Africa last week, and um, they were filming a really important and interesting story. They were traveling from one city to another in South Africa and had $14,000 of their camera equipment stolen at the beginning of a two-week trip where we have three companies that we've got scheduled and lined up and we can't film. We've, we've spent thousands of dollars to get them there and we can't. So that was outside of your control. Totally it was a random control. situation that yeah. happened. You don't know what to do. What'd you do? So I lamented and I went before God and I'm like, God, this is your project. <laughs> you wanted us to go there. Now we can't do it. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> you know what I'm hearing right there? It's like, God, this is your project. So this is now your problem. That's exactly right. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? Because yeah. I've shown up and done my part. That's is right. it okay to speak to God that real? I think absolutely. And I think we see it in scripture. And I think that's one of the cool things about the Psalms, frankly, is that we see those examples of people coming before God with their junk and they're saying, look, I'm messed up. I, or you, you know, somebody else messed up and I'm, I'm feeling the brunt of it and I'm not okay with that. And what are you going to do about it, God? <laughs> and there is an element of that in those Psalms. I agree. And you know, the author of most of the Psalms, David, right? Like, look at it, look at David. Like one second, he's doing great with God. The next second he's turned his back on God and, you know, he's chasing the girl and just messing up and disobeying God. And then the next second he's like, Hey God, you're not doing your part. Like, what's up? Like, I need you to deliver. Let's go. So I really hear um, what you're saying there. So many times, BC Nation, we're lamenting, right? We're grieving, possibly, maybe the loss of someone close to you outside of your control, maybe before their time. And you just don't know what to do with all that grief. And I, what I'm hearing um, Denise say, uh, and I agree with her, is bring it to God. Get real. God doesn't want your fancy, perfect words. He wants your broken heart. He wants the brokenness in your heart. He wants you to say, God, this sucks. This isn't fair. 
what do you want me to do with this? You know, just get real with God. So I invite you to do that. All right, ladies, we are so like running out of time here because <laughs> what a great conversation for real. I really want to extend it, but I'm going to respect my audience here. Um, so we're speaking with Denise Daniels and Shannon Vanderworker. Um, and we're going to have the show links. Uh, we'll have the links in the show notes there uh, to their book. They co-authored the book, Working in the Presence of God, Spiritual Practices for Everyday Work. So if you want to find out more about how to do that in your own life, they shared three of their top uh, spiritual practices. All three are brilliant and they're so simple to do. Uh, if you want all of them, um, go check out their book, click on uh, the show notes link there. And ladies, now we're going to get into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. <laughs> this is where I'm going to ask you each uh, 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Shannon, you go first. <laughs> you just kicked your friend under the bus. <laughs> like, that's what friends do. Okay. So I'm going to, I, some of the questions, uh, we got to zip through it cause we got two of us, which is going to double the time. Okay. So I need short answers. Um, three seconds. Otherwise I'm moving on to the next question. Are you ready? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Let's start with you, Shannon. Shannon, what's your favorite thing about God? Uh, his compassion. Denise. Presence. God's presence. Denise, what's your least favorite thing about God? He doesn't always tell me what I'm supposed to do next. Darn it. <laughs> Shannon. Yeah, when he's silent. Yeah, when he's silent. All right, let's get real. Let's get personal. Let's get raw. BC Nation is listening. They're struggling in their life right now. Shannon, what are you most afraid of? Um, losing uh, somebody that's close to me, especially family. All right, exactly what I just spoke about. Yeah. Denise? I was going to say spiders when I first heard you ask the question, but then... <laughs> You probably want a more in-depth answer. <laughs> Shannon leveled up. So like, let's go, girl. Uh, you know, I would say losing credibility with other people. Yeah. Right. Our appearance to others. Right. All right. Uh, Denise, what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Sleeping. <laughs> That's so bleeping true. All right, Shannon. Um, I would say worrying about uh, the future. Got it. Shannon, what secret fear do you have about people? Um, making a fool of myself in front of somebody. Got it. Denise? Oh, I'm going to say the same thing. I would have said it even if she hadn't said that. I believe it. All right. Denise, uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? How much he loves me. Yeah. Shannon, no copying. Um, I wish I would have known sooner about God's presence in the ordinary. Yeah, I get that. Me too. What's a new habit you want to form, Shannon? Um, starting my day not on my phone. <laughs> Denise? I want to start doing a better job of listening before I start talking. Wow, brilliant. What's a bad habit you want to break, Denise? Um, nothing's coming to mind. Ask Shannon, I'll think. How about stalling? I'm that, joking. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Shannon? Um, 
not responding to um, text messages right away and then forgetting about them. Ooh, oh man, yeah, that's so painful. You're like, I, I could have sworn I messaged you back. Yeah. Oh, and look, it's still later, here. You're like, oh my gosh, I, I never click send. Yeah. All right, Shannon, pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, authentic, adventurous, and um, thoughtful. Denise, um, I would say catalyst and caring and loyal. Hmm. Denise, pick three words to describe who you are before you experienced God in your life. Uh, busy and, <laughs> and driven and committed. And, and some of those are still true. Hmm. Got it. Shannon? Um, I would say fearful, um, searching, and um, mean. <laughs> Got it. Not a person wow. I would have wanted to know. Okay. <laughs> and Shannon, last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look at your family, your friends, your spouse, your children in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, even eternity, what would you say to them? I would say... Um, spend more time getting to know uh, God's loving embrace. Mm. Denise? I was going to say trust God. Trust God. Two words. Bam! Mic drop. Any final wisdom, Denise? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? You know, I would say that God wants to be in relationship with you, and there's all sorts of opportunities for doing that, and we just have to be attentive to the ways that God's engaging with us every day. Shannon? I would say um, to listen to your um, hunches, to listen to your curiosities, um, because that is the work of the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not. Um, and whether you've experienced that or not. Um, but when you start listening to those things, you start to um, hear and know the voice of God. Mm. Preach. What's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you ladies, Denise? Um, for me, it's through my university um, website. And so you can look me up there at Seattle Pacific University, www.spu.edu. And you can find me by just searching for my name, Denise Daniels. Cool. And what about the book? Where do they go? The book you can probably most easily access on Amazon. And so just type in working in the presence of God and you should find it. All right, Shannon, how about you? Uh, people can find me on my website, shannonvanderworker.com. Um, I'm also on social media, um, Shannon Vanderworker on Facebook and at Shannon Van D, D E um, on Instagram. Very cool. Ladies, Denise, Shannon, thank you for being on Broken Catholic today. Thank you, you Joseph. You really showed great. up. You're welcome. You showed up powerfully. You showed up with God. I like, I like, I like your three practical, tactical tips and strategies. BC Nation, go ahead and implement one this week. At least one. See what God does with it. You may be pleasantly surprised that God's been there the whole time, just mm -hmm. waiting on you. 
Ladies, I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.